What's up, purpose-driven entrepreneurs? I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Brant Cooper. He is the author of Disruption Proof, Empower People, Create Value, Drive Change, and he's the founder of Moves the Needle. Brant, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Brant, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, I've told you the premise of the show. I ask people that have spent their lives building businesses or are spending their life building a business, uh, how they hope to be remembered when they die. Uh, and uh, so that's my first question for you. Uh, yeah, so uh, super relevant question for me these days. I, I've been thinking about it uh, quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I've sort of boiled it down to what creates uh, value to me, what creates, what makes me a contented human being is teaching other people how to get value in their lives through creating value for others. So I, I truly believe that our purpose in life is to create value for other human beings. Now that can take on a lot of forms. Um, it can be big. You know, it could be inventing something new and doing something truly disruptive that has a positive effect on, on, uh, on millions of people, frankly. You know, some, some of the world's greatest entrepreneurs have done exactly that. Um, but it also can be small and it could be, um, maybe it's only, uh, you know, for your family or, or for your neighbors or for whatever. But to me, what ultimately drives, uh, what drives a contentedness, and I use that word very purposefully in our own being, is, is not really focusing on ourselves, but rather focusing on, on how, how do we make other people uh, better. Yeah. Why contentedness? Because I can tell you as at 31 years old, striving to keep a business running that, uh, you know, I've got funds until the end of June currently, unless I make more sales, uh, which I will. Um, contentedness is not the strongest emotion going on in my body. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Boy, even our Declaration of Independence here in the U.S., right? It's, you know, we have this fundamental right for the pursuit of happiness. And, uh, you know, you can listen to a lot of uh, Zen talks or talk to people that are into mindfulness, and they talk a lot about happiness. And uh, I think happiness is, is great, but you only have happiness if you have sadness. Happiness is only a counter uh, coin. It's the, it's only the yin to the you know yang of sadness, and so contentedness to me is a balance, right? So contentedness means that I have a balance in my life um, between both the happiness and the sadness, and that when I'm sad, I can go into the sadness and I can be with it, and I'm okay with it, and I'm not running away from it. And it's the same thing with you know, other emotions and especially those running a business, um, uh, entrepreneurs tend to really live in the, in the last that they've experienced. And so if they have a really good sales day, they're on top of the world. And the very next day, if they have a bad sales day, they're suddenly in, yeah. they're, they're plummeting the depths to the depths. And so that roller coaster, I think is actually difficult. And I think it's, um, 
<laughs> you're telling me. And I think it's uh, <laughs> right. And so I think that striving for the contentedness somehow, I agree, it's sort of a weak word in some ways, but but really what it is, it's about this balance. It's this equilibrium. It's understanding that, you know, sort of over the course of life, one must have the negatives that counteract the positives. It's just the way of the world. And so we we allow for that and that and we can go with it. We can be in it and and not and not run away from it and not thinking that, that it's taking away um something else from us. So I don't know yeah. if that makes if that makes sense to you. The 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 part the part that I've been thinking about a lot lately is um when when I feel the most stressed is when I feel like I'm supposed to be the one in control of the outcomes. Mm-hmm. And when I feel the least, well, I don't know if it's the least stressed, but when but the the act of intentionally saying to I'm a believer. So the act of intentionally saying to God, and I genuinely believe that God is the one in charge of the outcomes, going, I'm not in charge of the outcomes, God. That's your department. Mm-hmm. All I can do is XYZ stuff that's in front of me. <laughs> Uh, and that brings yeah, that's for me feelings of contentment. Right. Yeah. So I, that's interesting. I mean, I think that there's, uh, I can see some correlation there between sort of what what the Zen attitude of that and would be and, and sort of allowing God to be responsible for that. Um, because it does sort of ab- absolve you to a certain degree of, you know, sort of blame and shame when things aren't going well. But it also means that, um, being humble and thankful when things go well, uh, I think is it, it brings that that sort of balance that's that's super positive. Brent, you've been an entrepreneur for how many years? Uh, boy, I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of never have, have chased that particular label. Um, I guess I've been on my own since 2007, I think. So for you on your own means not having a traditional type of job. Right. Yep. Uh, so since since what year again? 2007, I believe. Okay, 2007. Got it. Um, how and and, uh, and now uh, and this this is an act of like just being present for me right now. So you are currently undergoing chemotherapy, and that has affected your outlook. It has to have seriously affected your outlook on life. Yes. Um, what 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 what's going on for you right now? In the yeah, way that so, you look at life. Well, so uh, it's an acceptance of death. And so it actually is, is it brings sort of right back into that balance uh, and, and sort of the, the, the ups and downs. And so uh, it, it's, it's really, uh, and it goes really back to your, your first question about how you want to be remembered. And so when you, when you look at, death and you can do this without having cancer actually it's very uh, introspective and it's not something that you know we tend to do in our society very often yeah but if you look at death and you and you look at it as an inevitability and that it is the it's a normal part of life it's the it's the again it's sort of the yin and the yang you can't have life without death and yeah. so if you look at it, you can ask yourself the question, not, not only what, what do you want to be remembered by, but will you be remembered by? Yes. Like, so have you yet 
done yes. these things. Yes. And, and how, how ready are you? Like, can you actually legit say, not that you don't have more to contribute, right? We all have more can contribute. We can all do more. But if you died today, would you be remembered for that? Yeah, I've done the exercise and I should probably do it more often of waking up in the morning and going, all right, if today's my last day, what, is, what does it look like versus what I have scheduled, right? Because like I wake up, and I my schedule is made for, for me by my assistant. So I wake up in the morning and I look at my schedule and that's what I've got going on. And it's a really interesting thing to think if I knew that I was going to die at the end of today, how different would this look? Um, and what's been surprising to me is if I woke up in the morning and knew that I was going to die at the end of the day, I would probably spend the entire day writing, which mm. is a weird answer. It wasn't until I legitimately tried to put myself in that mentality that that was the answer. Cause like, I would have thought that it would have been, you know, I would uh, do some grand thing. Right. But it's definitely wasn't. It was like, Oh, there's like 20 ideas in my head uh, that I will feel unfulfilled if I don't get them out before I go. Well, that's, it's super interesting. I think it's uh, I, I totally get you. And what's interesting to be, to me is that like when I was actually going through this thinking, which is prior to my diagnosis, by diagnosis, actually, it was like fourth quarter of last year. But I had come to the conclusion that I had cancer, to be honest, because it was just it was just this mystery and this pain had set in. And, you know, the way our healthcare system works, you have to kind of wait to find out. Uh, and so I was pretty convinced that I, I, I had cancer. And so I was already thinking about this. And the interesting answer that I came up with was, you know, maybe I, maybe I've done it because I had actually just in that month finished the manuscript for this next book, Disruption Proof. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, which by the way, is not out yet. People pre-order it, but it's like, uh, it's not all the way to October. So hopefully, oh. <laughs> hopefully everything's good by then. Uh, uh, but what was, the interesting thing that I actually, so this is like what you never hear, right? You never hear somebody say like, okay, so I was comp, I asked myself the question, what do you sort of, I didn't ask this explicitly, but what do you want to be known for? And have you done it? And yeah. what, what, what if you say yes? Yeah. And so that was sort of like, I actually kind of said, I go, listen, uh, you know, to me, this is, uh, both a, I don't know, a benefit and a curse is that I put my whole heart into the book. And in some ways, I think it makes it maybe more complex than it should be. But it is what I wanted to say. Yeah. And, uh, and I do hope and believe it can bring value to other people. Yeah. And there is sort of, you know, an element to it that, that a call to action that tries to get people to look inside themselves and, and ask them how they can actually contribute to a better world. And so I'm out. No, I mean, not, not really, but I mean, maybe, maybe the answer is yes. And I think that that's, it's that just sort of opened up this whole other realm of, of thinking. There is, there, there is a weird amount of purity to like, if you think, if you think that you might die soon, you legitimately have plenty of reason to think that you're close to the end of your life. 
uh, wanting people to read your book. It's like, it's like, that's, that's how, how much more pure of a motive can you have? You, you can't have an ulterior motive. That's true. But you know, what's also kind of funny about it is the non, there's still, there's, there's sort of the, I want people to want to read the book. Like I don't want them to read the book because I'm dying or because I could die or because I have cancer. I want them to read the book because there's something in them that says, I, I can, I'll be able to get value out of it. Even if it's not a great book, even if it's not written, you know, as well as it could be, I can get something out of it. And so there's still that, you know, you kind of want the, you want the right, uh, you want the, the inspiration to be right. You want the, the reason to be right. Yeah. I, I want you to get better and have gone through the experience of having written something and thought very seriously about the end of your life and then gotten better. And now you've got like all this more life to live. How exciting is that? I mean, that would be, that's sort of an interesting, like, will I make, like, I'm committed now to, I actually think I am going to survive and, and, and be okay. And, and I don't know how long that lasts, but, but I, that's my sort of working assumption. And, you know, I have a couple kids. And so that's actually sort of a separate conversation than even sort of what drives me, you know, in terms of the value that I want to create. Yeah. Um, How old are your kids? Uh, 20 and 22, I think. Nice. So Any grandkids yet? No, no, no grandkids. Thank goodness. So grandkids, man, that's like too young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's just, that's kind of a different, like there's, there's, I can always provide value to them, I feel like, you know, so, so if it was purely on whether I'm done creating value, the answer is no. But to your main point, I think it's super interesting. The book is out, like we fast forward to October, the book is out, it does what it does. You know, I support the effort, then what? Like, do I, what is my next sort of, value creation episode is it is it another book i mean i i swore that the answer to that would be no but i already have stirring in me because of my current journey i i i already have sort of another book stirring so do i go that path is there something or do i go you know or do i go uh on a trek somewhere you know which is also sort of inside me you know i don't know it's it's a it's a really interesting question is what is the what's the next value creation journey after this one i don't know but you're going to have a very unique perspective when that when you get there when you get to that point as long as you recover so uh just i just need you to recover so that you can get to that (laughs) point brant so that i can pick your brain about it <laughs> well, thanks so much, man. I appreciate that. Uh, this has been probably like this is this is top five most interesting conversations I've had on this podcast. Um, no, thank you. I, I really appreciate uh, getting to talk to you, Brent. Um, how should listeners connect with you? So I really uh, want people to reach out if they want to communicate with me. I answer all email. I'm Brant at BrantCooper.com. Brant Cooper on all social media, LinkedIn and Twitter and whatnot. And soon all of the other channels too. Uh, 
my website, brantcooper.com is where people can find out more about the book, Disruption Proof. It's available for pre-order on all your favorite retailers, but I've got some uh, yeah, who is some special bundles for. Disruption Proof, it's primarily actually for leaders and it's leaders for any organization, but leaders for big corporates is kind of my main target, but it's really for startups, small businesses, nonprofits, educators. And why, uh, why in, in a nutshell, why should someone read it? So we're undergoing this fundamental transformation in society from the, from the industrial age to the digital age. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of don't grok it because of things like the pandemic have upset or disrupt our lives so much. We kind of focus on the event that caused that rather than it's sort of this interconnected world and the increased complexity of the world that makes all of these disruptions so huge, right? That really drastically upend our lives. And yet the way we try to manage and structure all of our institutions is based upon the assembly line. It's based upon the industrial age. Yeah. And all of that is going to change. We're in the midst of the change. In my view, it's what's the cause of a lot of turmoil in the world. And eventually, all of our institutions, our organizations are going to look and act differently. And so this book is trying to be, is hopefully a path forward on how people can construct those type of institutions, run those institutions, run their own businesses in a way that will thrive in the digital age. Uh, since we're not in the industrial age anymore. Yeah. So I don't know I if that it. was a nutshell, but that's, that's the description. It was a, it was a beefy nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> girthy. It's a girthy nutshell. Um, I like that. A beefy nutshell. All right, Brant. I'm going to have all that information in the description of this podcast episode. Thank you so much for being on my show. Hey, thank you. And uh, it's fun talking to you, man. Same.